Şimdi Prabhupada'nın 
His father's life was uh, really deity worship. And uh, he also worshipped uh, deity. Radha Krishna deity. But the family deity of Prabhupada was Radha Damodar. I don't know where that Radha Damodar is. And uh, and so Srila Prabhupada grew up in a Vaishnava atmosphere. Uh, his father was a, uh, a cloth merchant. And uh, who, you know, had a, a quite a uh, simple lifestyle. And uh, he, from time that Srila Prabhupada was very young, he had Prabhupada taught Mridanga playing uh, and harmonium playing. No, we've been talking about this knowledge and education. So there was quite a big uh, movement in Prabhupada's family to send him to London to become a lawyer. Prabhupada would have become a very good lawyer. Uh, but his father uh, was against it and wouldn't allow it. He figured uh, if he goes to London, then uh, he will become contaminated by all kinds of Western ways. So they didn't, uh, Prabhupada's parents didn't really have any uh, big plans for Srila Prabhupada to become, to have some kind of big career. Uh, later on, uh, Prabhupada actually uh, got a job, sort of a management job, uh, with one uh, uh, friend uh, of his father. In, uh, in this cosmetic company. And, uh, and that was what Prabhupada did. Prabhupada was, uh, then later on, became a salesman. And he also uh, sold his own uh, pharmaceutical, manufactured and sold pharmaceutical products. Pretty simple life. Uh, one point, Shri Prabhupada was just manufacturing distilled water. And, uh, and although uh, his wife and actually his children uh, didn't turn out to be very Christian conscious, but uh, Prabhupada never indicated that they were dissatisfied with uh, his life. 
And Prabhupada was always traveling, so he was very rarely at home. He very rarely spent his time with his family. And of course, Srila Prabhupada was initiated by Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur. And, uh, and he was you know, uh, associating with the Gaudiyamat devotees. And Prabhupada was holding programs in his own home. Chanting, giving uh, talks about the Gita. His, his wife was not very interested in these things, although her name was Radharani, so she was obviously also connected with Vaishnavism. So it's quite interesting how here is a eternally liberated soul, and uh, and yet his family, especially his children, didn't really take after him. There was one one son. He was very favorable. Put it that way. Oh, uh, But Srila Prabhupada said that my wife spoiled them. But that because uh, my wife was attached to very simple, uh, simple type of materialistic life, Srila Prabhupada was rarely at home. So her influence was the major influence. And uh, I can't even remember how many uh, siblings Srila Prabhupada had. But his uh, sister, his younger sister, uh, she was also a, a very nice devotee. And what was her name? No, that's not a name. That's just his aunt. Anyway, she was also initiated by one of Prabhupada's godbrothers. And uh, it's very interesting. She always, she always, she always walked around with a little spray bottle. Well, no, they didn't have spray bottles at that time. She just had a little bottle, bottle of Ganges water. And whatever she touched, she sprayed with Ganges water. It's sort of a Hindu custom that women are contaminated, so therefore whatever they touch is going to become contaminated. It's not a Vaishnava tradition, but it's sort of indicative of a certain level of humility.
Anyway, Srila Prabhupada met his uh, spiritual master. And Bhakti Santa Saraswati Thakur, at that time of the meeting, immediately he asked him uh, to preach in the preach Krishna consciousness, preach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message around the world. And that was uh, Bhaktisanta Sarasati Thakur's uh, real desire that Krishna consciousness not be limited to India, but it be spread all over the world. So 1936, Prabhupada, uh, uh, Bhakti left this world. Uh, and before he did, he wrote in a letter to Prabhupada the very same thing, that you should take the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, to the English-speaking world. Ve önmeden önce Şile Prabhupada bir mektubunda yine aynı talimatı vardı. Bakçeyi tanımın hareketini bakçeyi tanımın hareketini bakçeyi tanımın hareketini bakçeyi tanımın hareketini bakçeyi tanımın so when, uh, finally, when uh, Srila Prabhupada really a- entered into sort of Vanaprastha life, I think in 1957, and then in 1959, he uh, came to Vrindavan and he took sannyas. And Srila Prabhupada, uh, he had received this instruction from uh, earlier on from his Guru Maharaj. That was some years uh, or some time before he left his body. And uh, Bhakti Santa Saraswati Thakur told Srila Prabhupada that we've become very successful. They had about 64 centers around the world. And uh, in Calcutta they had this uh, beautiful big uh, marble temple. So, what he said, ever since we've got this marble temple, the devotees, they're just fighting about who's going to be staying in which room. So, he said it would be actually better to sell all the marble and to just print books. So, Srila Prabhupada uh, very seriously took this instruction that Bhakti Santa Sarasitakur said, if you ever get money, print books. Uh, Prabhupada 
started Back to Godhead magazine. He wrote a whole commentary on Bhagavad Gita. Uh, something like eight, nine hundred page commentary. And uh, there was only one copy. And that one copy got stolen. Just imagine. Uh, I sort of have similar experience. Uh, once when I was flying from Budapest to London. And uh, I was writing one of books. And uh, that was in the time before uh, Windows had, uh, or Word had really become very advanced. And it meant that if you press the wrong button, everything disappears. And there's no such thing as it goes into the garbage and you can bring it out of the garbage, it's just gone. So this was only a chapter, but still, uh, I somehow I touched the wrong button and all of a sudden it was gone. <gülüyor> so I don't know, one month's work all of a sudden just disappears. So similarly, Srila Prabhupada's uh, such a big work uh, and someone stole it. Who would want to steal Bhagavad Gita? Unless maybe they wanted to print it in their name. And uh, that went on for quite a long time. That went on for uh, practically 20 years. And uh, then when Srila Prabhupada finally took sannyas, he left his family. Uh, he had nothing. Uh, but Prabhupada and Prabhupada uh, moved to Vrindavan. So Prabhupada was very well off, but now he he was following the Vedic system. That at a certain point, everyone has to at least take enter into the Vanaprastha ashram. So when you when you become a Vanaprastha. If your wife's a devotee, then it's husband and wife together. But because his wife wasn't interested in that, uh, then Shil Prabhupada really sort of separated. And uh, Prabhupada uh, took sannyas, and in those years, six years, uh, Prabhupada managed to, uh, he began writing commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, there are other sort of smaller works that Prabhupada wrote. Easy Journey to Other Planets. Easy Journey. Easy Journey. Easy Journey. Uh, and he was doing Back to Godhead magazine. 
And of course this was going on also during the Second World War. And, uh, and then finally Srila Prabhupada, uh, by hard labor, he got permission to come to the West. And Srila Prabhupada said, I was always thinking, usually people go to England. England was the center of the British Empire. But the British Empire was waning. And America was coming up. Uh, yeah. So because of America, uh, Europe won the First World War and the Second World War. Otherwise, without them, it's sort of doubtful whether uh, England on its own would have succeeded. So Srila Prabhupada came and when he used, so you can imagine, here's someone, well they say that's 40 rupees. How much is rupee to Turkish lira? Less than 10 Okay, 10 lira. How far do you go traveling with 10 lira? Even you cannot buy tickets, bus tickets. Well, I can't even buy bus tickets. So, Prabhupada had nothing. He took three trunks of his Bhagavatams. He got a sponsorship uh, from some distant son of an acquaintance. And he got a free free ticket on this Sindhya, uh, which was actually a uh, a cargo ship. It wasn't a passenger ship, it was a cargo ship. And Srila Prabhupada first uh, uh, arrived in Boston Harbor. And that was how many years? 57. 57 years ago today. And when he arrived in this Boston Harbor, there were many, you know, in a, in a harbor, uh, there were many different warehouses and uh, so on. Where they uh, unload the, uh, unload the ship cargo. And there was this uh, big, big sign also, advertisement. And it said, unalloyed steel. <laughs> so Srila Prabhupada really liked this word, unalloyed. <laughs> In other words, alloy, alloy is when you take some metal and you mix it with another metal. For instance, 24 karat gold is pure gold. 
22nd is already mixed with some uh, copper. And then there's 18, and then there's, do they sell 24 karat gold here? Yeah, yeah here, down in the market, gold market, they have lots of really nice gold stuff. <laughs> and uh, so 14 karat gold, that's like, there's only 30% gold in it. So that's called alloy. So unalloyed means nothing mixed in with it. And so if you read in English, you'll see Prabhupada uses this term, unalloyed devotional service. So unalloyed, not mixed with karma, jnana, none of these things. Uh, and then, and then from there, Prabhupada was alone. So for the first year, he really had no helpers. Uh, Prabhupada, sometimes he, he was even staying at, uh, he had to live at this house, or not house, this apartment of this sort of madman. Who even sort of attacked Prabhupada, so Prabhupada had to flee from his uh, residence. Gradually, gradually, things started to develop. And Prabhupada had his first first little temple in 26 Second Avenue in New York. It was just a storefront. So it was a store. And uh, behind the store there was an apartment and Prabhupada lived in this one bedroom apartment. And uh, three days a week Prabhupada was Evenings was giving Bhagavad Gita class. And uh, gradually people started, young people uh, started to become regular attendants. And then Prabhupada started having morning classes as well. It's very beautiful classes on Chaitanya Charitamrita. And, uh, and Srila Prabhupada established what he called the, uh, one year later, the 1966, this International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Some devotees suggested that we should call it International Society for God Consciousness. Bridge preaching, so not not be too uh, too straightforward because that will attract more people. So Srila Prabhupada said, no, I want everyone to know that Krishna is God. Krishna 
And, uh, and when devotees joined, they sort of just left whatever they were doing. And uh, they moved in with Prabhupada. Prabhupada was living in the bedroom. And these young men, they started moving in and they started living in the living room. And there was a little kitchen and there was a bathroom. So everyone lived together. That was, uh, that was the first temple. And uh, Srila Prabhupada was cooking. He was cooking for everybody. Uh, and on Sundays he would cook a Sunday feast. He would start Saturday evening. And of course that continued on for 12 years until Srila Prabhupada left this world. So I just gave that little history uh, just as a reminder for those who know. And uh, information for those who don't. Uh, throughout that time that Prabhupada was with us, this, this is what really Krishna consciousness was like. Prabhupada would say, come to me, give up everything and just come and live with me, live with uh, Krishna. And that's what devotees did. Whatever, whatever they were doing, whoever they were, whatever other people's opinion was, uh, we joined the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Now that's not so easy to do now here in Turkey. And, uh, and that's a shame because a certain very important aspect of Krishna Consciousness is missing. Sarva Dharma Paritaja, giving up everything. So Krishna concludes Bhagavad Gita by saying, give up everything and just depend on me. And it sounds very nice, but it's not so easy to do. But when devotees have that practice of what it's like, all right, I will give up everything and I will come to Krishna. No house, no family, no home, no money, no anything. And no material future. So what was the future? You give Krishna consciousness to others. Print books, sell books, distribute prasadam. And Prabhupada's very simple philosophy, serve Krishna, Krishna will take care of you. He takes care of everybody else. 
He feeds the birds, he feeds the bugs. Why won't he feed the, his devotees? So, this sort of disease, what about the future? Yeah, what about the future? Prabhupada said it was, what about the future? <laughs> what about the future after this life? What are, you, what are you doing about that? And, uh, and Srila Prabhupada repeatedly uh, gave us this assurance that not only will Krishna take care of you, but if you chant 16 rounds, follow the regulative principles and serve him, that then you will go back home, back to Godhead. Uh, and Prabhupada made it sound very easy. And in one sense, uh, it, is, it is really very easy. So uh, that, uh, that sort of life uh, that we uh, lived in Srila Prabhupada's presence was uh, really very wonderful. Uh, it was a very simple life. Uh, in one sense, uh, it was a very black and white life. There's Krishna and there's Maya. So either you're with Krishna or you're in Maya. And uh, so uh, my point here is that on, on this initiation is that Srila Prabhupada by his personal example he left everything. He dedicated himself to fulfilling the order of his spiritual master. Krishna provided everything that he needed. And and made what he wanted to do extremely successful. And that those who follow that example, they're also successful. Uh, so you can see uh, other other devotees uh, who are here, Radha Krishna Prabhu, Manjari, others, uh, also give everything and you'll be successful. But you have, to, you have to have faith. Uh, and faith is something that's quantitative and qualitative. So it can be unalloyed faith. And it has to be very deep faith. Then that uh, enables us to to do anything. Uh, so, Krishna consciousness is very easy. But the problem is is that we're extremely entangled in material life. Uh, it's very very habitual for us. 
And it's very, very difficult to shake off. So there's, uh, I'll just conclude, there's this one uh, anecdote, or at least uh, from uh, the Puranas. And, uh, and it's about the king, um, usually the, uh, well, at least some of the different Puranas are meant for different classes of people. Just like for those of you who read Srimad Bhagavatam, you notice it's always about kings. Uh, and one of the reasons is, is but Krishna says, Imam Raja Shayo Vithu Sakale Nehamata. So, uh, because it's uh, designed for the kingly class. And uh, so anyway, uh, one great saint came to uh, visit this king. And the king asked, please explain to me uh, how we are entangled in this material world. And why it's so difficult to surrender to Krishna? How is the material world holding me? So, so the saint, he went up to a tree. And he grabbed the hold of the tree. And then he started to shout. So he was shouting, let me go, let me go, let me go. So he's holding the tree and he's shouting, let me go. So this is actually also our position. We are holding on to Maya. And we're saying, I want to be free, let me go, let me... We're the ones who are holding on. So, uh, try to take Srila Prabhupada and Prabhupada's teachings very seriously. Try to value them. Just recently I told the devotees what something with an uh, astrologer my godbrother astrologer told me many years ago. He says, in the future, he says, you will uh, have many disciples. But the problem is they will not value you. They, they don't know who you are. So similarly, we need to, uh, this thing of being valued uh, is quite important in spiritual life. Because uh, accordingly to how serious we take somebody, uh, or take spiritual master, that's how serious our spiritual life is. Yeah, just like a little example. Where's Dina Bandha? There he is. So before I told them, move 
Srila Prabhupada closer to the fire. So he immediately replied. He did, he did the standard reply that devotees give. It's not possible. It's not possible because Prabhupada was leaning against that uh, railing over there. Now obviously it's possible. And there's probably about 75 different ways in which Prabhupada could be leaning against something nicely situated over there. So the, the point I'm making is that the, our, our training in Krishna consciousness was whatever Prabhupada said, we did it. Um, I, I was talking in the Bucharest about this. Srila Prabhupada, I don't want to take too long, we're going for a long time. I said I don't want to take too long because we're going for a long time. Uh, so, like a newspaper reporter, they said, oh, oh uh, Swamiji, uh, I hear that, you know, whatever the Guru says, the disciple has to do. So Prabhupada said, yes, if I, if I tell him to jump out the window, he will jump out the window. And the Prabhupada never told anyone to jump out the window. <laughs> but actually that was our position. That's what, that's what spiritual life means. That's what Sarvadharma surrendering to a spiritual master and valuing what Srila Prabhupada gave us. Uh, if you know, if I if I gave you a diamond or if I gave you a, a, a brick of gold, you would value it. You would put it in a safe place or you would sell it and buy some of the things so uh, please try to understand value what it is that Srila Prabhupada came and gave us chanting Hare Krishna Srila Prabhupada's books especially Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. And Prabhupada's instructions. Don't, don't take Prabhupada as some historical figure, 57 years, that's a long time. Uh, but the more you hear, the more you study what Prabhupada gave, you will be able to appreciate uh, just what treasure Srila Prabhupada gave us. Don't, don't, don't trade the gold for dust. Someone says, I'll give you a truckload of dirt. Uh, take your choice, a truckload of dirt or a little piece of gold. 
önünde bulunursa sana bir kamyon çamur vereceğim ya da bir parça so atayım. Ne seçerim? Maybe grow some flowers. But it has, it has no value. The whole world is full of dirt. So these are very, very valuable things. And Srila uh, Prabhupada and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have given these things to us freely. So when we also get free access to Krishna's family, we should really appreciate it, value it. And if we value these things uh, that Prabhupada dedicated his life to giving, then Krishna will value you. Krishna uh, Prabhupada, his first disciple, he accepted that was in Jansi when he was still in India. And when devotees went back to India, they were very excited. Here's, here's the oldest devotee. And actually that devotee lived with Srila Prabhupada. Rather Prabhupada moved into his place. So uh, when devotees said, oh Prabhupada, we met uh, this Prabhakar Mishra and he was your first disciple. Prabhupada just shrugged his shoulders. So what? Because his disciple never did anything to help Prabhupada. So a disciple isn't someone who gets initiated. A disciple is someone who does something. Uh, who continues the disciplic succession. So, all of you need to also think, Prabhupada did something for you, and on, on this is the day to remember that. So what are you doing for Srila Prabhupada? Are we just takers? Uh, it's not nice to just take, we also have to give. And there's such a wonderful uh, scope here in Turkey to actually give back to Srila Prabhupada what he gave us. And that means some way or another, Jaino Kano. Somehow or another, we give Krishna consciousness to other people. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Prabhupada ki. Jai. Jai Shri Shivaram Swami Maharaj ki. Jai.